Welcome to the Shorthand States here on the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Matt Fallais and we've been uh, following events today on day two of the December States meeting and the main item on the agenda when they eventually got to it was the election of four committee members to sit on the Senior Committee of the States Policy and Resources uh, to join of course the new President Deputy Lyndon Trott and uh, we found that there were eight candidates for that election which was uh, a larger number than I'd expected. I thought maybe six or seven but uh, that meant that uh, the the deputies there had a wide choice they could choose four out of those if they wanted and uh, the successful ones who uh, uh, returned or brought on for the first time were Deputy John Latoc, Jonathan Latoc who uh, was ousted only the previous day Deputy Bob Murray likewise Deputy Heidi Salisbury who of course served on the committee for the first two years of this state's term and a new member who's not been on PNR before Deputy John Gollop who said that he'd served the longest apprenticeship ever Matt yeah, I mean, there's some curious um, characteristics now about this PNR. So, a majority of the five members of this committee didn't vote in favour of the motion of no confidence to remove the previous PNR. Uh, two, as you said, two of the previous five members have, have got back onto the committee. Uh, and Deputy Trot didn't manage to get all of his preferred nominations. In fact, one of his uh, nominees, Deputy Kazantseva Miller, only got 10 votes and, and came last in the list of eight candidates. We should uh, just mention that the other uh, unsuccessful candidates were Deputy Gavin St. Pierre, who failed just by one vote behind uh, Deputy. You remind me, uh, Salisbury. Salisbury, yeah. Um, Deputy Charles Parkinson, of course, led the motion of their confidence, and Deputy Simon Vermeulen. So those are the unsuccessful ones. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, but um, Deputy Kazantsova Miller was the only one that chosen by Deputy Trot who didn't get in there. So he got most of what he wanted. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think quite a lot of people will be surprised that she wasn't elected um, because in recent weeks, certainly, she has, she has presented as trying to make an attempt to... Uh, bring together the the two uh, you know factions, largest factions in the states. Um, but perhaps <laughs> there is an old saying in politics: that if you lie in the middle of the road, you get run over. And I think what may have happened with Deputy Kazantseva Miller is that she isn't as close as she was previously with uh, the, the the former partnership of independence colleagues. Um, but she didn't vote. Uh, against the motion of no confidence in in the pr- previous PNR, she abstained. So she may have found herself, um, you know, s- somewhat isolated from both of the major factions in the states. That's the only real thing I can think of that accounts for her receiving only ten votes, when a lot of people would have expected her to have, you know, if if not. Uh, winning that election at least being elected onto the committee yeah well she was the, the I, I made a prediction amongst the, amongst our colleagues and uh, that was the one i picked who didn't make you it you asked in. her for yeah. an interview <laughs> after <laughs> once she'd been elected and then she came eighth out of eight candidates yeah. well uh the the person i did end up interviewing uh, immediately after the result came through uh, naturally enough was that one uh, new committee member who hadn't been on uh, policy and resources before and that was deputy john gollop uh, so, Deputy Gollop, congratulations on attaining a seat on the Senior Committee of the States. How do you feel about that? Well, so, I think it's the first time I've stood, but I've never stood before putting the floor, although I, I occasionally put my... because I didn't think I'd get it, but I remember putting in one or two manifestos that I would be prepared to serve on policy and resources. I haven't got the conventional superstar careers of many of the candidates and members who've been 
top business people or accountants or lawyers, but I've certainly had a background in law and politics, and uh, actually I could have mentioned uh, e everything from living streets and friends of the earth to attending a lot of business functions. A joke I didn't make, I'm still a member of the Young Business Group, although well, I'm not exactly young or in business, but I go partly to network and find out what people are thinking, and I think I'd want to bring in uh, more communication, more arts, perhaps more theatricality, a, a bit of a balance, uh, and diversity in a different sense. You beat off some stiff opposition there, uh, people who've uh, you know, had the top jobs in the past. I just wonder, is there a particular area of the responsibilities of policy and resources well, that you'd like to take on? I was fairly supportive of the last PNM as a board event. I think they did try to get things to happen. They were afraid to put unpopular options. They weren't afraid to put unpopular options. They definitely moved the waterfront project on. Uh, they moved the education project on. Well, they tried to. They moved the hospital on. Uh, they made property work. And after initial issues, they seemed to have a good relationship with the unions. I'll tell you an issue I wasn't very happy about, that P&R were a little bit miserly with the buses. And I, I think public transport, we, we ended up putting up the prices very significantly in autumn when the public card went. So I'd like to see more green policies, more, more puppin policies. I'd like to see stronger marriage of economic development. It wasn't weak, but I think... Uh, I thought one of the best speeches today was Deputy Kazantseva Miller, and she's already on a PNR subgroup, and I would certainly think that she's a future star. Well, he's a current star as well, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, nevertheless, <coughs> nevertheless she, she pulled the fewest votes. You pulled uh, uh, enough well, to get in. De more. Deputy Fairbrush, you nominated. You said that uh, of the eight speeches given today, yours was the most convincing and the best. Um, it was the only chance I had because as a name in the frame, I wasn't likely to get more than a token vote. So I had to think about what I wanted to say. And that was where our interview ended, uh, Deputy John Gollop in mid-sentence there, but uh, the uh, security guards here at the Royal Court uh, threw us out. Uh, they don't take no for an answer, so that was the end of that. And um, then uh, you also were able to have a word, Matt, with uh, obviously the new president to find out how he felt about the, uh, the new committee that he now presides over. Uh, so, Deputy Trot, your initial reactions to the four members who have been elected onto your committee? Well, um, there's no shortage of experience. We've got the father of the house now, uh, and um, myself, and of course, uh, uh, Deputy uh, Salisbury. And uh, Deputy Murray uh, is a very hardworking chap. And uh, yeah, I mean, when I look at that, that team, um, we'll make it work. It's, uh, it's not the, the, the committee you envisaged it's not. when you put yourself forward for the no. presidency, is it? No, I mean, two things, it isn't. No, two things struck me. The first, first thing was how tight the voting was. Uh, I mean, Deputy Saint-Pierre came within a, a vote, I think, of a vote or two, certainly, of, of getting a, a place, uh, despite there being um, uh, a view um, uh, that uh, that might, uh, and he might not get, um, get sufficient uh, support. Well, he didn't get sufficient support, but it was much closer than most people thought. I always thought, you know, that Deputy Gollum might get a seat. 
you could see. Uh, the, uh, uh, but besides, um, uh, I don't want to give any sort of sense that I'm uh, disappointed because uh, I made it clear I will work with uh, whatever team uh, the assembly gives me because that is how you break down some of these uh, you know, these, these barriers that exist, and um, we'll take it from now, that. Now, 36 hours ago, of course, there was a, a different uh, PNR in place. Are you satisfied, confident that your PNR now looks stronger, more stable, more able to unite the states than, than your predecessor committee? Uh, I think that's a very hard question to ask. And, and again, it's one I think you ought to ask me again early in the new year, because um, we'll see over the next few days and weeks, how the committee melds together. Now, if, it, if it's working uh, constructively, uh, then the chances are that will permeate uh, down, permeate down to the uh, you know other other functions within this within this assembly. So that will be my hope, um, but I can't predict uh, the outcome uh, uh, for now, at least. Okay. You will ask the committee to back Deputy Salisbury to be your vice president. I, I will, yes, I will, yes. Yeah. And Deputy Latoc to continue as external relations lead. That makes complete Deal. sense, doesn't it? What about the Treasury function? Well, we'll see. Um, it, it is uh, possible um, that that mandate uh, may fall to me, uh, but by no means certain. Uh, we'll, we'll have to have a, have a discussion. Okay. I can see myself uh, maybe mopping up um, uh, uh, certain aspects of the... Um, mandate that some uh, of uh, maybe the other members don't want to uh, don't want to engage. And your first meeting is minutes. Well, we're going to meet meet in a moment uh, to deal with those two matters. Actually, elect uh, the uh, deputy chief minister and the external relations minister. And one of the reasons for that, of course, is that they have specific seats uh, within the within the uh, assembly. Uh, and then we will um, look to have our first meeting proper. I think we're all going to need a little bit of a rest over the weekend. I'll be honest. It's been it's been a, a grueling uh, few days. Uh, particularly for me. I, I um, uh, had so much to do last night, which I anticipated. I managed less than 60 minutes sleep. Uh, so I shall sleep well tonight. Uh, but the, um, yeah, it's onwards and upwards really from the early part of next week onwards. OK, sleep well tonight and we'll speak soon. Thank you very much. Deputy Lyndon Trott there. So what did you make about what you had to say there? Well, I mean, Deputy Trott has a habit uh, when, when unexpected things happen of immediately coming out and saying that he expected them to happen. So he said to me, as we just heard, he wasn't surprised the Deputy Gollop was elected. Um, well, it's a personal triumph, isn't it, for, for John Gollop? I mean, he, he served in the States for all those years, a uh, quarter of a century or more, um, has never held a senior position. Um, and all of a sudden, I think somewhat unexpectedly, finds himself on the senior committee. Interestingly, both his proposer, Deputy Peter Fairbrush, and um, longtime States Watcher, uh, she's always in the public gallery, um, former Deputy Mary Lowe, uh, commented that he had made the best of all the eight speeches uh, during that uh, process of election. Yeah, and actually, I think that's a fair point. He, he did make a very good speech. Uh, and one or two of the candidates, uh, to be perfectly honest, seemed not certain that they were all that enthusiastic about being elected, actually. But I, I mean, the, the kind of the story of the day and the story of this election, I think, is that Deputy Trot did find it difficult to put a committee together. I know there were eight candidates in the end, but in trying to build the right kind of balance on, on a team of five, he found that very difficult. You know, that was quite a, a tortuous process. He said in that interview that he'd had only an hour's sleep last night um, and, and it, it has been difficult for two reasons, really. One, because it's in the middle of a state's term and most members are committed on other committees, but also because of the, the factionalism 
um, you know, there are all these considerations about trying to bring in members from from both sides. Um, however, there was a, quite a lot of resistance from those on the the side opposite uh, the side that Deputy Trot's normally associated with. You know, resistance for, to coming on to his committee. I actually think if he'd put together his kind of dream team, it would have been four members or five members, including him, from essentially the same faction or tribe in the States. So he tried to break out from that. But, uh, you know, o with only partial success because, he, you know, he, he now hasn't got the the committee that he um, that he wanted. It's not exactly what he envisaged. But another consideration I would imagine must have been uh, uh, not only for him in his nominations, uh, but also in the, uh, the the membership that ultimately gave him most of what he wanted is that continuity thing that we heard actually from Deputy Mahoney just uh, when he was explaining his uh, resignation in the event of not being ousted anyway, uh, which principally was a, about, you know, who's going to do the external affairs if Deputy Latot goes and um, we've got Deputy Murray who's taken over the government work plan and and uh, my gov transformation but both of which i think most members accept these worked extremely hard on and made some progress uh, under under difficult circumstances so i, I think those will be well they, they clearly are they've turned out to be popular nominations because they they got the uh, what deputy latok got the most votes and deputy murray came uh, second yeah but you see some people um you know observing it from the outside will wonder what was this motion of no confidence in the previous PNR really all about? Because a lot of speakers, even those who who voted in favour of the motion, said that they weren't that disappointed with Deputy Furbrush as the president of PNR. I mean, if it had been a vote only on him, he would have survived the motion of no confidence. And Deputy Latoc and Deputy Murray were re-elected onto the committee. And the other two members of Deputy Furbrush's former PNR, Deputies Mahoney and Hellier, had already tendered their resignations. So I do think some people will look at it and say, you know, what what was the purpose of, of the motion of no confidence? Um, and but, but they have ended up now with uh, you know a, a different lineup, and it is sufficiently different that um, well, I mean, Deputy Parkinson, when he brought the motion of no confidence, was very careful to avoid talking about bullying and what the intimidation and the behaviors in his opening speech and he said it was just the make not even the qualities of the individuals just the makeup of this team wasn't able to lead mm. um now we've got two different people on there to what they were before uh, in fact hang on let me work this out we've got we've got a new uh, president obviously and then uh, two new members if we yeah. can count deputy Salisbury as a new member um having served the first half of the term so the, the makeup has changed yeah uh, it's yeah. it a fresh start isn't it yeah. to, to that extent it's a fresh start um one of the things that will be really interesting to watch you know the the, the members of the the previous pnr felt that they were never really given uh, you know a fair run at it by their critics you know they they felt that their critics were onto them almost immediately some of them were uh you know disappointed embittered even those words have been used that they they weren't sitting on on in you know, in senior roles uh and now in a way the roles are reversed and Deputy well, we Trott, saw that this morning exactly. first thing, didn't we? I mean, the, the uh, as soon as Deputy Trot was asking for a little bit more time, and I think only to only a couple of hours to sort out his nominations, uh, there were objections to that from Deputies Fairbrush and uh, Mahoney, was it? Uh, yeah, yep. I mean, Deputy Fairbrush was on his feet saying, uh, why does Deputy Trot need more time? Why can't we just get on with, uh, you know, electing the members of the committee? So, you know, I, I, the, the scene has been set. De Deputy Trot and his committee 
are going to have a, a, a difficult time of it because the, the challenges they face are, you know, in policy terms are significant. They've only got 18 months to, uh, you know, to put some kind of imprint on this term. And there are going to be, a, you know, there are a goodly number of members who, uh, you know, will not be that disappointed if they are perceived uh, to have failed. So, they, you know, they start with a very difficult inheritance and they're in there now in, in the uh, Royal Court behind us having their first meeting, um, electing their external relations lead um, and their treasury lead, uh, which, which may very well end up being Deputy Trot himself. Um, and then I think they'll have their first proper meeting tomorrow, but it's, it's, they've got a very tough task. And, uh, well, of course, you mentioned yesterday in our pod uh, the, the, the dynamics might change for some of the committee presidents who, you know, some who've uh, faced a lot of resistance in the past might uh, find less resistance with what they want to do and others who, uh, you know, and vice versa. Um, we had five update statements from very various committees and authorities uh, today. We haven't got time here on the pod to go through all of what they said, but you can read all about it, of course, in the Guernsey Press over the next few days. And uh, we've got the, the small matter of the Guernsey... Uh, the Guernsey work plan, the government work plan to uh, to think about tomorrow. We also had an election for a member of the States Assembly and Constitution Committee, didn't we? Oh yeah, I, I missed that because <laughs> I, I came downstairs to write up the election. Tell me what happened. Well, that that was bizarre because there, there were two candidates, Yvonne Burford, proposed by the committee, and Gavin St Pierre, uh, proposed by Mark Ledbetter. Now, uh, Gavin St Pierre, you know, is a very capable guy. So, you know, leadership experience has stood for any number of seats on committees in this state, which he was eminently suited to and has lost all of those elections. I can't think of any committee he is least, less suited to in the states than the States Assembly and Constitution Committee. And yet he has he's won that election against Yvonne Burford, who, you know, if you wanted to put a, a kind of square peg in a square hole, she is absolutely ideally suited to the State's Assembly and Constitution Committee. But, but so, arguably, with her scrutiny management I, committee responsibilities, uh, Deputy St Pierre is, has got more time on his hands to do I that. I know, but, but yeah, well, maybe. But you know, in, it's certainly in election terms, whatever you think this state's will do, uh, they pretty much do the opposite. And I thought that that, that trend continued in, in that election at the end of the day. Yeah. But but nevertheless, good luck to him on that committee. Well, it is the states that keeps you guessing. And uh, we sit through it here so that you don't have to, listener. Um, and uh, we'll be back here tomorrow for the third and final day of this December states meeting. But for now, from us, that's all. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night.